This is the Culture Matters Podcast. Hello, Culture Matters Podcast. I am very excited to introduce you to myself. No guest today. But before I do that, let me share with you a quote I picked just for this podcast. He who would learn to fly one day must first learn to walk and run and climb and dance. One cannot fly into flying. Friedrich Nietzsche. See, we believe here culture matters when we read to think, write to develop, listen to hear what is unsaid, and speak to let go. We develop more value for ourselves and others. So our purpose of this podcast is to uncover the genius of our guest. Well, in this case, I guess it's, it's me. To make you, the listener, your curiosity cool. Because our vision is that human culture is open, curious, and focused on creating the future. So our mission is to read, write, listen, and speak every single day. Today, I'm going to talk about with you a little bit of what I just read, and what I, or what I just talked about. I didn't read it. I thought about it. The belief, purpose, goal, vision, mission of this podcast that I share each and every time we come together to learn. But the intention today is to talk about culture. What is culture? Why does culture matter? How to cultivate culture. That quote in the beginning of this episode, he who would learn to fly one day must first learn to walk and run and climb and dance. One cannot fly into flying. What is culture? If it wasn't so opaque, um, confusing, curiosity instilling, I wouldn't be talking to you. We wouldn't be diving deep each and every week into different, unique, exceptional people's lives, companies, thought processes, experiences to figure out what is culture. Now, I've got a definition I'll share with you and we'll unpack it a bit. But the idea is over the coming weeks... We're going to be talking about the elements of culture as myself and other great geniuses of the world that I've partnered with and studying their, their books and their lectures and personally experiencing them. I've tried to articulate what is culture. We're going to talk about why it matters. We're going to cultivate, curate and cultivate it together so you can potentially use that in your life to enrich your life and, 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 and enrich the lives of those around you. So what is culture? Well, I've said for a long time, like a working definition that I'm ready to outgrow in a sense. Maybe we could do it together. Culture is a metaphorical ecosystem of shared belief created by an influencer and maintained by the alignment of the influence. Now picture yourself and in an organization, whether you're in control from an ownership standpoint or not. There's, there's a belief system, whether it's spoken or unspoken. There's many belief systems. There's, there's many different gatherings or the lack of gatherings. There's language that's explicit to that organization or implicit to that organization. There's a story that's clear in that organization of why you are a part of that organization, or there is not. And maybe it's just your story that drives you to get up, get there on time, get things done and leave early, or maybe not get there on time, not get much done 
and leave early as opposed to leaving late. What is culture? Think of five elements. Hero, maybe that's you. Ideally, that's you. In the context of a business, the operating principle of those in control of theirs and your fate to a degree outside of yourself, right? Those that could say, we don't want you, you know, it's time to be, to be leaving for whatever reason. I'm looking at the ownership of an organization saying they're a hero or they're a villain. So the hero story, what, what's their story? What's the story of the organization? How does it unfold? What's your story and how does it grow meaning within and throughout working with whatever organization you're working with? So story, language, what values, what belief systems are articulated? Are they clear? Are they unclear? Do we understand them? Do we care about them? Have they just become lip service? What meaning do they hold? Have we lost faith? Hero, story, language, symbolism. How is whatever we are doing represented in a way that we can see it and it can be seen in those that are a part of what we're doing and where we're going, feel as though they are a part of it and they can represent it symbolically. And those that are not a, a part of it are clearly not a part of it. And maybe we can bring them into it or draw a line in the sand and say, you're not ready to come here yet. And this is why, and this is how you can. Mediums or gatherings, rituals within these mediums. Are we getting together? And when we get together, how, how do we feel about that? Are there the meetings that we're not present? We don't feel heard or we feel empowered and clear on what we're doing next. Are there the rituals where we are celebrating and or, and or reflecting on our wins and our losses and how we can improve and what we can appreciate of each other or recognize of each other? Hero, story, language, symbolism, meanings. The more we talk about this, the more myself, I, I think, and you may uncover that culture is really just about within a business context, to say the least. A business. What is a business? And how are, how is, how are businesses adapting to the consistent changes that the world is experiencing technologically, you know, macro-culturally and metaculturally, internationally, the world why do I care about this? 2014, I was stressed, anxious, feeling alone and scared to fail. When I feel that way, I've, over the years, sought books and subconsciously, if not consciously, gravitated to mentors, heroes to show me the way to guide me in the dark. I had started a business with a mentor and a partner and a friend with very little means, but a lot of vision, their vision, a lot of a deep, a, 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 a giant story. The language wasn't clear. I didn't know that at the time, but one of these days of stress and anxiety, in spite of the modicum of success that was, it was, it was bellowing and, you know, accruing 
I walked into Barnes and Noble because I was crying for help. And I remember walking to the back of the store and in my right periphery, seeing this book just stick out. Walk up, pull it off the shelf, and it's blue and white and fairly banal, right? Nothing crazy. But it screamed to me, I got to open up this book. It's an uncontainable, a passion, commitment, and conscious capitalism built business where everyone thrives by Kip Tindall. And it was about the container store. And I opened up the flap and I read the left side in 1978. Kip and his partners realized that people were eager to find solutions for saving both space and time. And they said that they never laid anyone off in the Great Recession and that Thousands of employees would recruit their family members, and they had these seven tenets or, or, or values, principles type, clear foundational elements to what they stood for and how they saw themselves in the organization and how they saw that each and every employee would benefit from acting out these tenets. And I asked myself, where are ours? What are ours? See, my mentor and friend partner had empowered me to be the one to hold the meetings. Standing in public had not been something that I had ever struggled with, ironically, based on how introverted I had always been. And I had this opportunity to stand before the crowd, our people, and share with them what we were doing and why were we doing it and what I thought was the next step. And this was a very empowering element for me, but something was missing. And when I read this book, I thought the answer was the, were the values. That was the beginning of my journey in culture matters. What do we stand for? Why do we stand for that? How do we represent that to others? Now it's taken me years and years and years and years to realize both the hard way and intellectually and working with people in the field, that that's just a piece of culture, language. And that in and of itself, values are, are a component of language within an organization. And we're going to talk more about that. Why does culture matter? See, I think I intuited that culture mattered subconsciously because I want people to be a part of whatever it is that I'm doing. If someone's standing there amongst the group looking awkward, I want to pull them into the conversation. Whether that's subconsciously because I have been and continue to be that person in various mediums or what other reason that I'm interested in doing that. But after experience and study, it, that is an inclusive, integrating quality. That's a component of culture. Now, why does culture matter today? Well, what if our technology increasing the level of transparency, information, control of each and every one of us, each and every, each and every employee, each and every customer is simultaneously disempowering those that have the actual or perceived Structural and influence control over an organization. That would be the ownership. That would be those in control. And could that 
potentially be creating more and more and more conflict in organizations. Less and less listening, more and more cries for help. I think so. I think culture has become something that's talked about in corporate environments over the last handful of decades as a reaction to the world adapting to itself, technological advancement, the people at the lowest common denominator having more information, more of a voice, more ability to control. If we look at that definition in the beginning, what is culture? And within a business context, it's a metaphorical ecosystem of shared belief created by an influencer and maintained by the alignment of the influence. The influencer is the founder, the founder or the founders. Before there's any employees, there's a customer that believes in the founder's vision to the solution of their problem. They exchange money as a reciprocity for that solution. When there's enough success, other people come to the table and help that those founders or that founder continue to actualize that vision relative to the the service or the, the product in respect to the customer. There's exchange going on. With that, there's either shared belief or not shared belief, but there's a heck of a lot of gray in between. Yeah, the, 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 the ecosystem of shared belief created by the influencer and maintained by the alignment of the influence. It's that other piece that the alignment of the influence. What does that mean? Are we speaking in a way where subconsciously we're actually promoting control? You must listen to us. We know what to do. Alignment can end up becoming control. It's buy-in. How do we get buy-in? A vision to a solution of a problem. That's that originating consciousness that starts the business. And people buy in. Customers buy in. Employees buy in. Future employees buy in. There are ways to build, in my mind, culture in a way that creates open feedback loops, that creates upward mobility, that creates individual meaning, growth, and excitement, and lessens anxiety, and creates more clarity in the people that are a part of whatever organization that they're in that, that trickles into their personal lives and actually helps them in their personal lives have lives as opposed to separating them from their personal lives and negating them as people. Now, that's it. <laughs> so I get excited. Maybe I'm jumping into part two, three, four, five. So see, these are the conversations that we're going to have over the coming weeks and months going deeper and deeper. But why does culture matter today? Culture matters today. It's always mattered. People matter. People matter. How people work together matters. How we cultivate ideas matter. How we innovate in the marketplace matters and how our business culture reacts and responds and proacts relative to technology, giving each and every person, each and every consumer, each and every employee, each and every person that is not in control of the organization's fate, but they're, but they have a, a voice at varying degrees of influence more and more and more and more control over their lives. That's creating a lot of conflict in organizations. 
it's lowering productivity, it's lowering profit potential, and it's destroying, it's it's like the gravity of this change is undermining the largest brands in the world. They're losing, Goliath is losing, and, and, and I don't know if Goliath has the answers, but I see a lot of Goliaths reacting with getting clear on values and maybe trying to shove it down people's throats versus essentially to make it simple act out and live out the best ideal of ourselves. Not a new story, but within the context of business culture, my intention is to enliven it and to grow with you and try to figure out how, so that's our next bullet here, how to create, how to cultivate, truly cultivate culture. One of the ways to cultivate culture is to bring in professionals to help have an objective bird's eye view of what exactly is going on in the organization. If we come, if, if anyone of a third party or internally gets together and gets clear on, for example, what's the company's story? What do we stand for? What are our language? What symbolisms are we using? Now, we're creating some of the elements of getting, of creating, of, of cultivating buy-in. The, one of the, the conflict with that is without an external view of what's go, actually going on in the organization, how people are actually behaving, it will be very hard to become clear on if we, as the leadership, let's say, of an organization, is embodying and acting out and interacting through the values that we talk about is being in action, the most quality representation of the values that we talk about. Let's use an example. When I say in the beginning of the culture matters podcast, that we believe when people read to think that's something that I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm showing people that in my life because I'm reading. I'm not talking about reading. I'm always reading. So people that are close to me, see me reading. Right to develop. Same thing. Writing is a part of who I've decided to be, to have a sharper mind, be more clear on my thoughts, and represent the form of leadership that I present, represent to those that have given me an opportunity to lead them, both internally and externally, to be what I say is important. So read to think, write to develop. Listen to hear what is unsaid. When you and I get to learn with the guests in the Culture Matters podcast. You are experiencing with me, me acting out, listen to hear what is unsaid. I'm asking questions based on what the guest says in response to a former question that was not contrived, not prepared, but a present response to whatever they had previously said. My Preparation is done before the conversation when I'm looking at their life history, where they've worked, where they've gone to school, what they studied, how old they are, where they're from, what they do now, why they say they do it, how they say they go about doing it. And so I'm going into the conversation with our guest to uncover the guest's genius, to ask open questions, as well as 
other forms of questioning to get to the root of what it is they say they know, think they know, they actually know, to my benefit and yours. Listening to hear what is unsaid is part of how I'm able to ask questions, go deeper, and have an experience that creates more potential value or thoughts outside of the common conjecture of whomever the guest naturally is used to outlining based on their own subconscious behaviors. So that is me acting out, listening to hear what is unsaid. Speak to let go is this. It's taken me some time to do this. And uh, we can unpack over the coming months, weeks, and speak to let go, share one's information. So through the Culture Matters podcast, for example, I am, I have been representing primarily the listen to hear was unsaid. Those that are in my life personally within proximity and have given our firm an opportunity to work with them, myself included in that, see and witness me reading to think, writing to develop those that receive written gifts from me and things and so on, or books within curriculum that we work, they see the writing to develop. You have an experience of me through the Culture Marks podcast of Listen to Yours Unsaid, and now Speak to Let Go. How to cultivate culture is, and, 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 and for it to be meaningful and not um, deconstructive or self-negating is to be it and have the interaction speak for themselves. That piece I have found to be arduous. I have found that it helps to have professionals help with that. I have found that it takes a lot of personal will and the side of ownership to, to want to be more than what they are. It takes a level of slowing down to, re, to, to self-reflect that all the problems of the culture are not just on the people that are so clearly not living the values, but they could potentially be reacting to what the ownership, the leadership are not acting out themselves in relation to the values that they preach, they want. So we have story, we have language, we have symbolism, we have mediums, we have um, the hero, the heroes. We want more heroes in an organization. We don't want resentful, entitled, upset, disenfranchised people. And for that, we have to cultivate culture. But how do we cultivate culture without our cultivation or our attempts undermining culture? Oftentimes I'm in the field and I observe people weaponizing the values. You're not living this. You're not doing this to someone else, as opposed to looking at the value and figuring out how they can act it out proportionate or proportional or relative to the person they think is not living. It's doing more than speaking. 
What I found to cultivate culture is being invested in the process. It is a process. The culture puzzle process is something that we'll be talking about over the coming weeks and months. And my hope is that the conversations, the stories, the examples will help you self-reflect and be able to go into whatever culture you're a part of, whatever company, whatever level you're a part of, and be more aware of what your story is, why your story is what it is, who you are and how you relate to other people and what values you live, what are your values, how do you represent yourself in the in an organization. We think of Berkshire Hathaway. Every year I'm going this year, people go to the medium of the annual meeting and they watch this CEO who's been doing what he does, leading by example for decades and decades and decades and decades. It's a very clear story of why he does what he does and how he goes about doing, picking these potential organizations to partner with and what's expected and the level of autonomy these organizations have within this conglomerate. There's a natural buy-in that happens because the leadership is bought into who they are. They're a part of the process. They're not expecting other people to take their place. And ironically, people do take their place and it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and levels of freedom are attained that other, otherwise would not be attained. I hope this episode of the Culture Matters Podcast was helpful to you. And I look forward to unpacking in the coming weeks. This is part one. There'll be a part two, part three, part four, part five. We're going to focus on the hero next time and the liar led journey. And then ideally that'll take a couple episodes and then we'll go to the story and language and symbols. And the intention is to break this down the most granular as possible and potentially and use as many stories and examples as possible to help you to help me instantiate this information into your mind so you could be a much more aware, confident, certain, actualizing, cultural example for the people in your lives. Thank you. And remember, he who would learn to fly one day must first learn to walk and run and climb and dance. One cannot fly into flying. See you on the next episode of the Culture Matters Podcast.